Hello guys, today in Experience the World with you are Andre and Ricardo. And today we are going to speak about the nations through the football tactics on the field. So, like a disclaimer, we would like to say please don't take this topic too serious. It's only our opinion and it's a little bit jokey, I think. Just Funny. jokey. Yeah, just jokey. <laughs> and why did we choose this topic, Ricardo? Because once we were talking about football, because we both love football, and especially you love Arsenal, it was during an Arsenal match, I said, well, maybe we can match countries and their behavior through the tactics. Why not? Could be a cool program. And here we are, we'd experience the world of football. Yeah, and we hope it will be a cool program. <laughs> <laughs> But with us, it's always a cool program. <laughs> oh my God, you're so cocky sometimes. <laughs> so... What are we going to start with? Maybe we start with Catenaccio, because it's closer to you. Yeah, we can start both with our nationalities. Well, I don't think there is some popular Russian <laughs> <laughs> tactics, but yeah, I will. Maybe I'll look into it while you're telling our listeners about what is Catenaccio. First of all, I would like to say that we don't play Catenaccio anymore. Like since ages, Catenaccio was a tactic used like in the 70s, 80s and 90s but we don't use it anymore. And it's a defensive tactic. So you stay in your half of the pitch and wait for the opposite team to come and try to score. And it's very difficult to score because all the 11 players are on the other part of the pitch. So it's very difficult to attack when there is this bus, we can say. But this is different from the bus that we will talk later of Jose Mourinho, the Portuguese coach, because in Catenaccio you attack. It's like hit and run. You wait for your chance, hit the ball, and then you see what happened. And Italy was like discriminated for this catenaccio because it was so stressful for the other team. Say, oh, you don't play, you just wait, this is not football, but we won with catenaccio. So, yeah, sorry to break it to you, but catenaccio was very useful. But nowadays, football changed. So, catenaccio is not useful anymore because the way of playing. The players are different with other mentality, so we had to get rid of Catenaccio. But there are still some small clubs in Italy that plays Catenaccio. For mm -hmm. example, the one who are low in the in the Serie A, they play Catenaccio because they don't want to because they don't want the other team to score. So they just stay in defense and hope for a draw. Mm -hmm. That's just the story of Catenaccio. It was very famous with Enzo Berzot mm -hmm. and Trabattoni. Trabattoni is the master of Catenaccio. Yeah, but you mentioned bus already? Yeah. Yeah, and I think they may be somehow connected, the bus and the Catenaccio. Yeah, they are connected. They are similar ways of seeing a football match, but with the bus, you just stay in your half of the pitch. You play the bus when you already scored. So you score one nil. And then you play the boss mm -hmm. because you don't want to lose or draw. Catenaccio, you begin with Catenaccio. But is it interesting for supporters to watch the Catenaccio? No. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of... I've watched some matches from uh -huh. Italy in that time and it was very boring. <laughs> But you know what's boring? Losing. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. So, yeah, you are an Arsenal fan, so you know how oh, it is come to, on. to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so let's now look through the prism of Catenaccio at the Italians. What characteristic <laughs> of Italian people does Catenaccio represent? Why Italians, these passionate people, they choose the defending tactics? 
Oh, well, which is the defending tactics, I think, because we are not, we were not, back in the days, so open to new things. We were just into our own. So maybe Catenaccio reflected this mm -hmm. behavior of Italians. But nowadays, that Italian people kind of evolved. We are not so narrow-minded as before. And now we're trying to play a sort of tiki-taka, which we'll explain later when we will talk about Spain, what it is. And people enjoy more, enjoy life more now, and they enjoy football more, because now it's very Italy. But Italy is still a closed system, like when you speak about coaches, for example. Are there any foreigners as a coaches in Italy? Yes, and but we prefer to have Italian ones. Yes, yes, but so you're still kind of closed. Yeah, for now, I mean, because Italian coaches that are very good are mm -hmm. very expensive. For example, Massimiliano Allegri is very expensive, but he's a winner, so that's why. We have a foreign coach in Rome, Who? Fonseca, uh -huh. and then we have a foreign coach, no, just in Rome. That's it? Yeah. So there is like a ghost of Catenaccio in <laughs> Italian Serie A. No, but we have a lot of foreign players. So Yeah, that's true. That's true. Going back to Catenaccio, Catenaccio was basically invented to stop Brazil of that years. That was really impossible to stop because they were just amazing players. The defenders were like forwards. They were amazing with the technique. Mm -hmm. They were so fast. So you needed something to break them. To break their play and so we said why, why not Catenaccio let's try to defend and then see what happens because they don't defend at all yeah I will tell about the Brazilian system they had the system which were 4-2-4 but two of the defenders moved to the midfield and it was 2-4-4 and they just destroyed the opponent's defense and if you look through the prism of this system onto the Brazilian nation, I think, you know, when you look at Brazil, like in, on the TV and so, you see these people who like carnivals, yeah, they have this style of life, like easygoing, not really maybe thinking uh, uh, too much about the problems. We can say joyful. Joyful, yeah, yeah, that's the only one word for so much. <laughs> maybe this will be your <laughs> thought <laughs> for today. <laughs> So, and on the football field, they are also such people. They like to play football. They like to score. I know that uh, there is a saying that Brazils use. Opponents will score what they can, and we will score as much as we want. And I think this system where eight players are attacking, it's just a joyful way of playing football because the supporters love the attack. Not a lot of, there are these tactical geeks who love the defense, yeah, but most of the supporters, they come to the stadium to see the goals. And yeah, the joyfulness of Brazil is on the field also. Yeah, this is true. I was watching a documentary about Pelé, the most amazing player that Brazil and maybe the world ever had. And in this documentary, it was showed how the coach of Brazil in that time said to the players, okay, guys, maybe we don't win this match, but the supporters paid to see a very beautiful game. So we're going to go there and gave them what they want. Yeah, but I th think today's Brazil is like just a shadow of the... Oh, of the, yeah, totally. Of here. Even yeah. though they have a great players, yeah, like Neymar or Roberto Firmino, but they still don't play this. You don't feel the joyfulness in their game. When I watched World Cup 2002, you felt it with Ronaldinho, Ronaldo. You felt this, that they enjoyed playing. Yeah, but now it's like 
a little bit hard for them yeah. to play. <laughs> Talking about Ronaldinho for one moment, he was playing in Milan and he was playing with Gattuso. <laughs> I don't know if you know Gattuso. Yeah, yeah, of course. He is a very harsh person, very rude. And he said, Ronaldinho was always smiling. Always. So I said to him, why do you smile always? <laughs> said, well, because I'm going to play and I'm going to win. That's a great way to play football, actually, for the professional and, player. And he said that Ronaldinho really enjoyed playing football. Some players see they're playing like work. For Ronaldinho, it was a pastime. You could see that in all his moves, how he, he uh, dances. How he, yeah, handled the ball. Yeah, yeah. He, it was a joy for him. But let's move on and let's speak about other joyful nation, Spanish people, other joyful and passionate. So they're like Brazilian Italians, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and let's speak about Tiki Taka. Tiki Taka. I think that. Pep Guardiola invented the tiki-taka, no? Yeah, he invented yeah. it in Barcelona. Yeah. And then Spain portrays what Barcelona plays. Yeah, because a lot of players in Spanish team were from well, Barca. They're just from Barca or Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, you know each other. Most of them were from Barcelona. Yeah, so you and, play and like one play. player from Manchester United, yeah. De Gea. De Gea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell our listeners a little bit about the tiki-taka. What is it? Tiki-taka is a very interesting way of playing, never seen before Guardiola. Because before Guardiola, you were just like playing with a classic 4-2-2, 4-3-3, but with no schemes. Tiki-taka is just passing the ball around, so your opponent is stressed because the ball is always going like this, this, this. To play Tiki-taka, you need exceptional players. You can't play Tiki-taka with a low team. You have to play Tiki-taka with players with really high technique level. So like Messi, Iniesta, Xavi, mm -hmm. all these kind of players. So basically you have just to pass the ball to all the players and then you go score. Because everyone knows what the other is about to do. So now it's a bit boring because everyone knows how Tiki Taka is and they can counterattack it. Yeah. But before it was unstoppable, really. You, you couldn't win against Barcelona. But I think just there is no team that has all these people with all this class that can uh, do the Tiki Taka Right. No, because you can't replace Iniesta and Xavi. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And what does Tiki Taka say about Spanish people? <laughs> Tiki Taka says about Spanish people that they enjoy life. Because Tiki Taka is a way to enjoy football. It's really, really beautiful to watch. I love Tiki Taka. Maybe it's a bit too long, the process to score. And they don't score outside the area. If you ever notice, they just go into the goal. Yes, <laughs> and this is kind of frustrating. Spanish people are always sunny, enjoy life, a bit lazy. <laughs> we can say that. Sorry, Spanish <laughs> listeners. Yeah, you've got siesta, guys. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you invented siesta. Yes. Yeah, and also I think it's one of the purpose of football is that you touch the ball. Yeah. Yeah, because you can work with it. And all of the players, I think, touch the ball in tiki-taka and they enjoy football too, not only supporters enjoy. But I know this game that supporters like, when there are a lot of passes, they start to cheer every other pass with like, ole, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and They count the passes. Yeah, so it's like a game in a game. And I also think that tiki-taka is the most beautiful expression of football and how football should be played. Hmm, maybe. Because if I'm a supporter... And I have to pay to go to the stadium to see a match. I want to see a beautiful match. I don't want to see Catenaccio. I don't want to see like defensive stuff. I want to see a very well played game. 
and tiki-taka is the most beautiful expression of it. When you see Barcelona in TV, you enjoy. You're like glued on the chair to watch what they do. Because even the simple things are not so simple. And they make it everything simple. For example, Iniesta species, they are almost impossible. But it is like naturally. Well, but there is a football scheme that stopped the tiki-taka. And we already mentioned the person who invented it. You say his name a little differently than we say it in Russia. In Russia, we say Jose Mourinho. Yeah, he invented the bus. He parks the bus in front of his area, and Tiki-Taka just hits the ball into this bus. They can't go through. The only way to go through is, like, hit through the windows of the bus. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, the bus is really popular in one of Spanish clubs, too, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, But they, now they're getting tired of it, you know? Yeah, because it's really boring. And uh, nowadays the weak teams use it against playing against strong teams. And this scheme is really boring, but at first time, I think everybody was tired of dominance of pain. And then came the Portuguese, Jose Mourinho, and he stopped the Spain, he stopped Barcelona with... Chelsea? Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea, yeah. Then everybody was happy for a moment, but then they realized that this bus football is not going anywhere. Yeah, the bus is just standing near the area. (laughs) (laughs) So, and there is this funny thing that we thought about, about the bus, and Jose Mourinho is from (laughs) Porto. Porto. Portugal, yeah. And Portugal is famous for its yellow trams. And Jose Mourinho, like a real Portuguese, yeah, he made not the tram, but he used other mean of public transport, (laughs) the bus. Because to take a bus into the field is way easier than take a tram. Yeah, you don't have to build the rails. Yeah. But also, there is another explanation. He invented the bus in England, and England is famous for its (laughs) double-deckers. Red Red double-deckers. Yeah, so he just (laughs) put it. (laughs) Like, coincidence? I don't think so. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think so either. What do you think about this bus? It's really boring, and a lot of teams in Russian championship use it against, like, Zenit, CSKA, the strong teams, and they just 10 players on their side of the pitch, and uh, there are not a lot of uh, great masters in Russian football who can, like, open this bus, and the all the 90 minutes are a lot of tr- struggling, and that's all. But we already started talking about Britain, and British football is one of my fav- most favorite. I think it's my mo- most favorite. And British football, like, with a lot of, well, maybe rudeness here. Maybe you will call it rudeness. <laughs> but, yeah, you need a lot of power to play in British football. They still have this uh, thing, I think, in some teams, that if you are really, like, dribbling a lot and doing this stuff, at some moment they are going to get you. Yeah, in Italy it's the same. One dribbling is okay. Two mm-hmm. dribbling, you're dead. <laughs> wow. Yeah, say bye-bye to your knee. Yeah, and uh, we know British fans, like also the people who, yeah, they ha- have this reputation, some of them, that also the people who like to fight or like to go to pubs yeah. and they like this man with tattoos. They had the hooligans. Yeah, and I think it's reflected in their football because yeah, totally. these boys who come to the club, uh, to the academy, they see the example of their father, for example. The most brutal players were from England. Yes. For example, Joy Barton. 
Yeah, Roy Keane. Roy Keane. Yeah, who destroyed the career of many players. And he was like really destroying because they had to retire after the injuries. Yeah, but he didn't care. Of course, yeah, no. But then Patrice Vieira came to the English league, and Roy Keane found his match. <laughs> but Patrice Vieira were more technically. Yeah, he played for Juventus better. too, in Italy. Yeah, he was better in technique than Roy Keane. So I guess Patrice Vieira was better. So yeah, this powerful football that English people play, I think. Yeah, it reflects the their supporters that are also enjoy this and they also like the power in like in the pubs and so on. And I think that for English people, football is more than football. They are way too passionate about it. Yeah, maybe that's why they root sometimes because yeah. I, they yes. just want to win. Yeah, they just don't care about the consequences. They mm-hmm. want to win. Yes, and their supporters are. For one hand, the best, and for the other, the worst. Yeah, we know the story. It was European Championship in France, yeah, and this story in Marseille, where Russian and <laughs> English fans they had a fight, and some of the Russian people were in jail in France actually for this fight. Yeah, but Russian fans say that English people provoked them. I don't know. Yeah, but it can be neither. English people are unpredictable when it comes to alcohol and football. Yeah, so are the Russians. So, and I've been in England a few times, and you can't say that you cheer for another team that is not there. But I think it's the same in Italy, no? Yeah, it's kind of the same, but it's not so. Like when you so come much. to Napoli. Yeah, when you come to Napoli, you can't say that you love Juventus. You can love all the other teams. It's okay, mm-hmm. but not, not Juventus. Only Juventus, and why? Because yeah. Juventus is really dominant. Yeah, that's why. Because uh, we won eight Serie. A in a row. Yeah, that's boring. Yeah, that's kind of boring even for me that I'm from Juve. <laughs> Because you want the Champions League. Yeah, we are not gonna get it. I'm sorry. Why don't you believe in your team? <laughs> <laughs> Because I was born with my team and I know what they do. <laughs> that's why I was born with delusion in Europe. So, you actually asked me about the Russian football? Yep. Well, maybe there is something. I think it also can be used for hockey that russian players they weave laces in front of the other players they do a lot of passes but it's not like tiki taka it's something else okay they do a lot of triangles yeah and run-ins into the area and their opponent just can't understand what I, what are they doing because i know this from hockey yeah that the canadian uh, they use the power in the hockey but russians use the uh, the technical abilities yeah so i think it was for some time for the Soviet Union maybe and I think if you look through the, the prism of this we mean nobody understands what Russia wants in Europe yeah, <laughs> every time I meet yeah, every time I meet Europeans they ask what do Russians want and I have to explain that well Russians want the same as everybody they just want peace and want to li- live in peace and live happily yeah but nobody is understanding what do Russia Russians want and this weaving of the laces when other players don't understand where the ball is going to go because there is like a lot of ball movement maybe it reflects this <laughs> <laughs> too much confusion yeah 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 too much confusion for other teams but the russian football is also a bit physical mm. because i remember during the europe cup or the world cup was it in russia no sorry it was the world cup uh-huh. that they played like an aggressive football technique because they had some good players that year like golovin 
which played a really good championship. But they had like Zuba. Zuba, yeah. Zuba, yeah. It's very strong and represent like the idea of the Russian man. <laughs> well, because he's, he's tall, that's why they throw the ball to him, give the ball to him, yeah. But you see, there is this thing that Russian team isn't that powerful nowadays. And with some opponents, they have to think of how to play. Because, yeah, they destroyed the Saudi Arabia, then they surprisingly destroyed Egypt, with Mohamed Salah, but then they were destroyed by Uruguay trying to play the attacking football. And they made the, some corrections and with Spain, they parked a bus. Yeah. yeah. And they waited for the penalty, actually. And I penalty. was so satisfied when Spain lost. <laughs> oh. Well. <laughs> oh, we were not in the World Cup, so we had to do ah, something. Yeah, yeah, I remember. We were. I know. <laughs> because you hosted it. <laughs> yeah. So, another thing that associates with power, maybe in only in its name, you will tell us, the total football yes of the netherlands the most effective football ever as the expert says total football was invented by the dutch people in the cruif era mm-hmm. they had so amazing players and they can do every role so you didn't know which one was your man because they were just changing cruif could be a central defender and neskens could be the forward so it was impossible to stop they played a sort of tiki-taka but way different because they do- they didn't need all the passes that tiki-taka requires they just need like eight nine and they were just scoring and it was amazing because you don't have to think who's gonna play and where you just say okay this is the 11 starting play this is the total football mm-hmm. in total means that everyone can do every role in a perfect way but they didn't win with this total football because germany won that year maybe we speak a little bit about germany After the total football, yeah. Yeah. And I think that the total football reflects the way that Dutch people are. Because to play total football, you have to be open-minded. Nowadays, if you say to some Neymar or some Cristiano Ronaldo, you have to play total football. So you have to be like central defender, midfielder. They will never do that. Mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, maybe they won't, but yeah, I read that to play total football, all the 10 players should be really ready individually, physically and tactically. Yeah, they should know everything. But this is actually the uh, the weak side of the total football because you can't be all through these three things throughout the season. So the total football usually is used in really, really important matches, but not throughout, throughout the season. The team will die just and i think we see something like this in england today because liverpool lost two consecutive matches he lost to watford and yesterday he lost to chelsea chelsea 2-0 everybody really enjoyed their football throughout the season but you can't carry this tempo that they had off throughout the season you get tired and now we see when re- liverpool got tired and it's actually a bad situation for them because they lost to atletico madrid and they're gonna park the bus yeah yeah so the other match will be on anfield that's a plus for them but they may lose on anfield to or maybe play the draw and go home yeah you know to do like this stamina football as i call it because you have to run 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 you need a lot of energy to play it or a lot of players and a lot of players if you don't have players good enough to substitute the others there will be a point when you lose and you can get back of it yes so that's why but total football of netherlands was unstoppable just germany could i don't know how <laughs> but they could was in the final and everyone thought that netherlands would win like for sure but they didn't but yeah 
And this way of playing for me reflects the Dutch people. They are very open-minded, open to everything. And we can say, for example, in Amsterdam, they don't care about the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can say that. Uh-huh. We yeah, have this yeah, coffee shop is legalized there. And it's, I think, one of the few places in the world where mm-hmm. there is this mm-hmm. freedom. So we can say freedom, both in football and in the real life. Mm-hmm. That's the total Dutch style. Yeah, so you said about the Germany that they were the only one who could stop the total football. And I think that reflects the main characteristics that I think all the people in the world know about Germans. It's there that they like to have everything in in Czech, I guess, something like that. Yeah, they the, the word Ordnung, I think everybody knows it. And when Total Football met this Ordnung, the German team, they all know what to do, what everybody have to do. And this football just broke when it met this Ordnung wall. Let's call it this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because German teams are usually really strict in their playing, German national team, yeah, are really strict in their playing style. I would say like conservative. Well, maybe strict and conservative. Yeah, they are like the machine, the perfectly Merce- the perfect Mercedes or the BMW. Yeah, and they just run you over with this machine. And total yeah. football was ran over. And Brazil knows something about it. Oh yeah, Br- yeah. Brazil, I think, met some kind of man, maybe the the bus <laughs> or the big big car, <laughs> the truck. Yeah, that was harsh. It yeah, was a panzer. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we spoke about the most famous, I guess, football yeah. tactics. Yeah. They even have names. But what do you think, maybe you have thoughts, what will be the future of the football tactics nowadays? Or maybe there is a future already. And what do you think, what tactics or maybe what kind of football would you like to see? I think that we are slowly losing football nowadays. Because football has to be joyful, have to enjoy the supporters and the football players have to enjoy the football they play. But nowadays it's too much tactical, too pragmatic. So you're losing the soul of football mm-hmm. just for the final result. I mean, of course, everybody wants to win. It's normal. But winning without playing is not what I like. And what do you think? Mm, I can't agree with you, actually. <laughs> Because we have Liverpool, for example. The Real Madrid, they have a lot of young players who I think will be great in the future. They just defeated Barcelona with yep. young players. Yeah, and Barcelona is getting old. We have Borussia Dortmund with Holland. Holland. Yeah, so we last year we had Ajax, who was playing really amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a I painful yeah. theme for you. Yeah, now now Ajax even left the Europa League because of Hetafe. <laughs> so yeah, I think we just have to wait because, you know, nowadays we are at the border of time changes because we had this era and we still have it of Ronaldo Messi, but they are getting older and older. And Messi is getting tired of dragging Barcelona by himself. And Ronaldo is like his main thing is that he is really great physically. But yeah. yeah, but you lose this physicality with age. We just have to wait and see who will be the next era. Because they said a lot of about Kylian Mbappé, but he maybe Ronaldo and Messi should leave and then we will have the new era. Yeah, if they are in, there will be no one. They are the two gods and there is place for just those two. Yeah, yeah. And about football tactics, I would like to see the beautiful football that 
the Invincibles plate that Arsene Wenger invented in Arsenal. And I like that Arsene Wenger was doing his football throughout the years, throughout all the 20 years that he was coaching, but he just didn't have the players like Henri, Vira, Pires, Jungberg and the others. So he they couldn't do what those players did. <laughs> yeah. But when he left, everybody saw how boring Arsenal became. They don't pass that. They don't do these beautiful things that they did. But they have the potential. Yeah. They just need a great playmaker to, to realize this potential. Yeah. But you know that I always have to put some deep thoughts in my program. Okay. Yeah. So, do you know the story about Brazil against Zaire in 1974? <laughs> no. It was the World Cup, I don't remember where, mm -hmm. and was the first and only time for Zaire in the World Cup, but they were under tyranny in Zaire. So, the, the tyrant said, okay, you go to the World Cup, but if we lose all the three matches with a lot of goals, you're gonna die. Oh Everyone is gonna die and you will never see your families again. So there was the first match, they lost like 4-0. The second match, they lost 7-0. So he came to the place of the World Cup and said, okay, if you lose 4-0 against Brazil, your family will die. So all the players were really scared about it. And there's this image when Brazil was winning 3-0, it was almost over and Rivalinho had to kick the free kick, was really, really close to the area and Rivalinho was very good about it. So when he was positioning the ball, a guy from Zaire just kicked the ball and everyone was like, oh, these people can't even know the rules, they don't know anything and he started crying. So Brazil thought that there was something going on and they didn't score. Is so, it a true story? Yeah. Oh. You can find it on YouTube. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and you guys too. And so Brazil just passed the ball around and they were saved. It's interesting. Usually your deep thoughts are connected with that topic, but today you just uh, no, told us a story about football. <laughs> no, without. it's connected because to play football is a joy. To watch football is a ah, joy. Ah, well. So if you have all this pressure, it's not football mm. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Now I understand. Yeah. It's just survival and it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. And also we hope, guys, that this program was a joy for you. And we hope that you didn't take it seriously. As and we too personally. You. And too personally, yeah. We love everybody. Yeah, so, and we mean it. Well, not the tyrants that not use the tyrants, yeah. Yeah, to, to manipulate with their players and their families, but others people we love. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Experience the World. Or football. <laughs> or football with Andre. And Ricardo. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.